What's up, guys? Welcome to the Squat Plug um, episode, Infinity <laughs> Volume. Who fucking knows? Um, I am joined with Mateo and Yeely, um, and we're going to discuss uh, tapering and peaking today. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a good um, segue into that would be talking about Peak Strength Barbell and how it got its name, since there's some relationship there. So. Uh, I'll take, click it over. So uh, how I decided to call Peaks and Fall what I called it. Uh, came out, it was a couple of things that happened all at the same time. At the time, basically, I was like thinking about like opening up the gym and that kind of stuff. And uh, I was talking to Max at the time. I don't know if you guys remember like RP Max. He was talking like different names for it. And it kept like it's coming out like the whole peak thing, like from like uh, the process of peaking. Why I came out to the process of peaking is because one of the things I used to implement in people's training, particularly Max's, is that basically, you know how like you basically like taper and you deload through a person's like peak those last mm -hmm. four, you know, four to six weeks or eight weeks for some people with mm -hmm. that. I actually made it a large portion of the vast majority of his training. And why I actually did that with him is because basically I realized very quickly that he responded very well to uh when I say high intensity lifts and uh didn't respond so well to volume. But just like I put volume in his direction, all of a sudden his numbers would like fall apart the seams, tendonitis, that kind of stuff, aches and pains. So you would peak him basically like pretty much every, the time perpetually. Legit, like every block was basically him, I guess, going in, heavy singles, maybe uh, like one or two back down sets, if that. You know, like uh, there's a whole lot of like, uh, variations of the nature, basically, it's centered around that kind of stuff. So you look at basically a person's, I guess, late stage peak block, and that's what I had for him. And the reason why we had to do this, why we instituted this way, why he didn't respond very well to, what's we call it, to uh, what's we call volume training, that kind of stuff, is because unbeknownst to many people, he was actually dealing with two hernias at the same time. An inguinal hernia and an abdominal hernia, which he had actually got, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say, maybe back in, I'm gonna say 2020, right before the first showdown meet. Uh, you told me he was like bench pressing, and uh, he went for bench press up to 585. Almost had it. Some weird shit happened. I know whether something was like you know, like uh, like you know, didn't spot him properly, or whether he slipped or something. But boom, boom, it finishes, and he basically caught his uh, hernia for the first time. How do you get it done? Like what is the it? strain? Just the strain, Jesus. basically. You're pushing so hard and whatnot that basically your intestines have nowhere else to go, but. Through, uh, through your mesentery. Damn. All of a sudden, it's sticking out of over here someplace. Yum. And for him, it's also out of here. So he did abdominal and he had inguinal. So like in both wow. locations. Glad so, I'm not that strong. And then he went to the showdown, <laughs> the first one, and he actually won it in his weight class with that taking place. Mm -hmm. So we started working officially together in January of 2021, officially. I mean, like in the past, we kind of worked in an unofficial capacity together. Like he bounced ideas off me and I kind of like, you know, provide advice and that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't want to say I was the only one to offer advice at that time. I'm pretty sure he reached out to other people, but we had a, uh, what's it called? We did a lot of speaking together. And then um, we uh, we basically found out during the course of training from January up until uh, the, the showdown meet that that was the strategy that worked best for him. So I want to say either in March or April that year, he had, we had the first meet that we had together as a, as a coach athlete and whatnot. He went out there and he had uh, over 2,000 pound total. He fucking destroyed it, like uh, another all-time PR, that kind of stuff. A little bit of a rough meet, you know, we're still learning things and whatnot, and different, different uh, things taking place out behind the scenes. And then we kind of mastered things. Uh, come around, I guess, like, building up to the showdown meet itself, we really started pushing that, uh, that, 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 that strategy. We found out that it, that's actually where we did best. Well, lo and behold, most of our back down sets were pared down. Uh, a whole lot of the accessories were also pared down as well for him. You know, um, untested lifters, frankly, you don't need to have as many accessories or as many back downs to grow. You know, and uh, the whole point of, uh, for Max wasn't developing more muscle tissue. The guy was like a fucking living, living wall. <laughs> he tram. was like fucking, he was huge, yeah. you know? That's right, we'll do the work. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Tread harder. <laughs> so uh, that kind of stuff. And uh, we realized very quickly that if we did more too much volume, uh, the, uh, what you call it, the, the hernias would be with ugly heads again. 
as we've made some changes, that kind of stuff. Late into the cycle though, uh, the hernia show, reared its ugly head again, despite our best efforts and despite the reduced volume and that stuff, just came out the intensity. And also when you have a hernia, you don't get it medically treated or operated on or whatnot, you know, it's likely to rear its ugly head again, despite your best efforts in treating that kind of stuff. You know, so he decided to still push through, and he went to show that he told 21-14 if I'm not mistaken, took second place and uh, uh, only to a missed uh, second and third attempt on squats. I think the second attempt that he missed on uh, squats was, uh, I think he was, Depth. I think he was, yeah, I think he was, was also robbed, uh, he was robbed, robbed of it. Large extent, um, I'm not not a fan of one of the judges who was there. Let's not say names right now. And the third one, they seem to but that, that basically, uh, uh, I want to say, kind of uh, ended his chance of taking first place there. Had that happened, though, I honestly say that he would have beaten Jamal that meet. You know, and he had by like, uh, it was like 70, 80 pound difference. His, uh, his squ second squat attempt and what he would have pulled as his third uh, deadlift attempt would have cemented that for him. So that basically is like uh, how I came about uh, with the name Peak String Barbell. Legitimately just focusing and emphasizing the whole peak, uh, the peak, uh, uh, some call it, uh, aspect of, uh, of training. You know, like basically going through the D-load, tapering, whatnot, and not doing too much volume, that kind of stuff. And I used to be a big fan of that, a big proponent of it. You were. It works for untested lifters, and it works for many tested lifters <clears throat> until it stops working for them. Mm -hmm. So what takes place pretty much is you really show up to strength very, very quickly, and it can, it can last for a while. But now all of a sudden, aches and pains show up and whatnot, or people's like strength plateaus, you find basically different issues with your ugly heads. And so you end up with a very tall structure, but with a very narrow base. You know, there's not much room to grow after that. Mm -hmm. So the base may, may expand or whatnot, but it doesn't expand as much as if, if it actually does something to shore up the bottom. Did, re, did some research and basically changed my stance. Decided that hypertrophy is indeed important. You know, muscular, uh, uh, muscle size and whatnot, you know, is uh, uh, very proportional to a person's actual strength. So we started doing that, base widened up, and I find a whole lot more successful over the past mm -hmm. year and a half to two years, in fact, in people's training as a result of it. You know, again, the results speak for themselves. You know, mm -hmm. all I can say is that five by fives work, bro. <laughs> five by fives, you're programming, bro. Shit's five by really, five. really well. Five by five, those five by eights. Yeah, adds uh, five pounds every week. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is a brand new strategy, by the way. No one else has thought of this before. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. we don't do five by Novel fives. Novel idea. Yeah. We do. We do a lot of four by fives, though. Four by fives me. work. Yeah, for you, they do. They yeah. Do. Some people three by fours and so, so on. So what so uh what what kind of like tapering and peaking strategy do you use? Like do you do you have like a general idea of uh, how so you want to do that with most people and then kind of individualize it as it, you go? It or? changes. For, it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. For some people, I push volume. You know, I'll basically like, you know have uh, have them doing like you know like more sets and that kind of stuff. Like uh, what you call it, to be like four by sixes all of a sudden, and that's how I generate fatigue for them. Uh, that's how I generate. I guess like you know like a. Uh, the, the, the fatigue before I guess super compensation sets in, aka just a deload mm -hmm. and like a lot of person I guess to recover properly. <laughs> yeah. or you for get some to recover people, and perform yeah. well. Well for some people it's intensity. Yeah I think also is basically seeing uh, what Smart people respond, respond best to. For some people I noticed that if they have like a like a heavy deadlift day, you know, or like something similar in RP to I guess like to their main day, mm -hmm. their main day does better as a result of it. You know, Samantha for example, mm -hmm. like uh, like four or five days out before her meet, she'll have a lift and she, she may even miss the lift and come meet day it's guaranteed a PR. She's guaranteed to hit a PR. So what are you programming? Like RP 11? <laughs> no, like just I'll go in and miss. RP fail. Just I'll work up until I'll, you I'll miss. See, I'll put down like RP 8 to 9, whatever, you know, yeah. and uh, in that range. And, and uh, like with that late, later stage in her training, she is, she is likely to fail or to hit it and basically be, be fatigued. But it takes about 96, 96 hours for muscle to recover. That single lift in itself isn't jacking up fatigue to the wolf. And what I've seen her training over and over and over again is when we have uh, RP mirrored one day and the other whatnot, that second day responds very well to it. Uh, with a, a central nervous system condition, where the case happens to be, but it works for her. 
works for a few other people, and it works for uh, for Carmen at uh, uh, the the meet that we were at uh, in Indiana. And recently, while looking at the VBT and the data that it's been providing, we found that it may actually be a little bit different. And so what we're kind of doing basically is giving her a longer break in between. Instead of being four or five days out, this next meet is going to be seven days out. And what, what I've been seeing is when she has longer breaks between her deadlift sessions, particularly heavy deadlift sessions, her estimate one of maxes, they don't just increase; they fucking they they, they boom. So this is what we're going to be doing for this next meet. You know, it's a little bit different also since it's going to be a USAPL meet and not a USPA meet. Step bar versus deadlift bar, so there may be some differences there and whatnot. But I'm predicting it should, it should work out in her favor. So each people, uh, each person has different strategies. For Mateo, I keep it like an RP seven to eight. I want to say his deadlift day. It's not too far off from meet day. I found he responds well to it as yeah. well. You know, so how many, how how far out or how close up until the meet do you keep like a single at RP seven eight in there? Well, it depends which single or which lift we're talking about. It depends which lifter. Well, let's say like for Mateo, we'll use Mateo as an example. When's the like the last heavy lift that he takes? Oh, for which lift? All of them. For bench press, it may, may be a couple of days before. What are we talking about? How, when you say heavy, how do, what do you mean heavy? Like well, a single, I mean like a single, uh, single seven, eight. Oh, yeah. Bench? Potentially so for bench, nine. Yeah. For bench, like the, the week or like, yeah. like a few days. You could still do he, he singles the week up. Intensity frequency for bench press particularly. What about but squat long, deadlift? For me, it's like as long as it's like not RP, like eight to nine bench. If I don't, like I have to make sure. I have to, if you I, have to make sure you kind of yeah. don't cross that. Yes, because once I do, yeah. I'm like... Like my my shit goes like to straight to the toilet, bro. Like, yeah. it, gets, it gets bad really quick. Like like let's say like I have a, have a single on bench, like one day, and then have bench, like have a bench session again like two days after, right? Mm -hmm. If I go like close to or like maxing out, I know that my next bench session is gonna be trash. Yeah, we can't, yeah, we can't I get really fatigued. Stuff. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. But anyways, so what about squat and deadlift though? Yeah, it depends on lifter. Like yeah, if you're looking for Mateo. Mateo, his squat is going to be his heavy squat is going to be maybe a week and a half before that. Okay. And then a week off is going to be like RP five or six. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. we usually have for him. I find his hip fatigue there's a whole lot to affect his uh, his deadlift. I mean, roughly so he also pulls too well. You know, versus, maybe uh, not anymore. Maybe not anymore. We'll but see we'll what see happens. what that. He's following very well. To conventional and estimated yeah. run maxes are booming right now. But we'll for see. conventional. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But we'll yeah. see. That that VBT is coming in clutch, bro. So what I do? So you'll see basically certain lifters, right? For example, Mateo he responds well to also having, I guess, I want to say the load, quote unquote, fresh in his hands and fresh in his back when it comes down to, I guess, uh, the deadlifts. Pause. Um, <laughs> Resume. Resume. And, and rest, but for squats, not so much. Um, for other lifters, for example, I may not even have triple. Uh, may not even have singles. I guess like in a peak block. I did it with Karma last time, and she had a fucking PR. Yep. Fatigue and everything after making it's it, like, wild, significant cut. You know, yeah. and but like the specificity is—it's a range. You no, one hundred. You don't have to be singles. Is it? Does it work out or whatnot? Is it beneficial? Yes. But our doubles also beneficial, and our triples also beneficial. Yes. Of course. There's a lot of carryover. From but one what's, the other. what's really interesting about the singles versus, say, the doubles or the uh, triples is like—is the velocity loss. Yeah. Right, because that's I've been getting into like the velocity loss literature, and I find it super interesting. <coughs> still getting my mind around it. I'm still basically trying to learn what. I'm not gonna say I'm an expert or master. In my no, age. no, it's way it, stretch. By all, yeah, no. Um, but basically, so I, I took the VBT course, Landon Hickmont's VBT course through Reactive Training Systems, um, and basically what I learned through, because it, it, it basically everything I learned through that course was like a culmination of everything I had been reading already, mm -hmm. just packaged very neatly and presented to me all, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but basically he was talking about the difference between like, you know, uh, strength adaptations and like neuromuscular adaptations. Mm -hmm. Where that neuromuscular adaptations say like rate of force development, things like that are all a part of the strength adaptation, mm -hmm. right? Um, so what the research kind of shows is that 
since singles don't have any velocity loss, right, within one set, um, they're not as impactful for neuromuscular adaptation, which I found really interesting. interesting. And it shows that you really need some sort of minimum velocity loss threshold of at least like 5%, so mm -hmm. which would inherently mean you need to do like at least a double or a triple mm -hmm. um, to get some sort of velocity loss, right? And, and the research seems to show that the range of 20, 25% mm -hmm. is most influential for the neuromuscular adaptation. And obviously there's that relationship with neuromuscular fatigue and yada, yada. Um, so to induce the neuromuscular adaptation, the velocity, there needs to be some velocity loss present. Mm -hmm. So what I found is uh, doing a lot more like doubles, high intensity though. I'm not talking like, you know, light doubles. Mm -hmm. We're talking like eight or above, eight or above mm -hmm. right? Because if you're gonna do only two reps and you're gonna see, you're gonna see need to see like a significant difference between the first rep and the last rep to have that mm -hmm. 20 to 25% velocity loss. So it has to be heavy. Um, and, and I mean, obviously this That's is all. If you even see it there. If yeah. he, it's hard, it's actually hard to hit. Sometimes, I'm sure sometimes it, even like if it's even if it's like a heavy double right, my velocity loss is not that high. It's not like, that it's high a, because the first rep is already slow. So yeah, you cannot no, yeah, that much. No, one hundred percent. So that's really interesting too. But that's why so like uh, Landon Hickmont's research mm -hmm. uh, shows twenty twenty five percent. But a new meta analysis just came out that looked at all of the research and they gave you a range of like five to twenty five percent, right? Really? Because it's a, it's obviously a lot harder. And it's it's like it, it's really interesting because it's murky with the one RMs, mm -hmm. and like there's this there's this correlation, but there's you know the, it, it's not as correlated with strength as it is. Um, I'm talking about like one RMs mm -hmm. uh, as the velocity loss stuff is for hypertrophy, but I think that's just yeah, yeah. but I think that's just because the one RMs have zero velocity loss. Mm -hmm. So like it's just a murky relationship. I can also there. imagine the, the, the way the tests are being done. You're not really taking I guess like, you know you're not really doing one rem test on, on many of these subjects, and I think when you what they're measuring more, more than likely is hypertrophy itself because it's easier to, to measure. For example, look at well, actually, like, the, like that muscle gain. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's a honestly, there's a lot of studies on it, um, mm -hmm. and they're uh, they're measuring one rms. The ones on strength obviously are measuring one rms, and the one on ones on um, if hypertrophy if, if are I measuring. Ask, sure. Uh, like, uh, what are the uh, what are what are the actual uh, uh, the ways of the measuring one RMs? Are they measuring one RM on, on like a max it's a, squats? Unfortunately, squats? it's a Smith machine. Smith machine. Oh. Either Smith machine squat or Smith machine bench press. Mm -hmm. And the reason they do this is to eliminate the skill factor. Yeah. Because like, if you're gonna take beginner, mm -hmm. and a lot of times they take beginners because they're all gonna respond similar to, similarly course. to training sure. or some sort of training intervention where like if they took someone like as well-trained as you guys, mm -hmm. it's gonna skew the data. So they, it removes the skill factor. It allows you to move this bar in one straight line. So like, yes, it kind of sucks mm -hmm. that it's a Smith machine, mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's it's the best that we got. Mm -hmm. No, not here. Honestly, myself, I've seen like, you know, like the, like serious dividends off for using the training. Again, enough for myself, but for my athletes, like Mateo put it on and whatnot, yep. Carmen, Samantha, Leandro, everybody who's on and whatnot has, yep. has made like you know significant inroads yeah. into lifts. You know, while dealing with like like adverse stuff taking place like mm -hmm. outside of the gym as well. You know, and uh, I want to say if if particularly people who benefit the most of it, people who have issues with dialing in the RP. Yeah, yes. Because it'll tell you right there. That number will be there, and you can't debate it. You no. Know? And you know what? I do debate it sometimes. <laughs> so, 
Sometimes, <laughs> but that's my thing. Because, because look at like because there's times that I know that I can push harder. I don't know how to explain it. It's just well, if like, you, that means you were probably sandbagging to begin with. No, it feels like let's say I have a single, right? And yep. it's supposed to be RP. Let's say a bench single, RP seven, which I know is supposed to be point two zero, right? Probably for you, yeah. Yeah. So then, and then I have a set of say five. At RP seven again. Mm-hmm. I know that my set of five, the last rep, will be like point one five. No, it will be less. It'll be slower. And that's a higher RPE. No, but I have, but I know I have three more reps in me. Like I, I know I, I can gauge my RPE pretty, pretty good to be honest. So the thing about that is, what's really interesting is the last repetition velocity is what's correspond or is what's best correlated to the. RPE. Yeah, but remember but, seeing the paper you sent me. Yeah, but what I'm trying cool. to say is like that my RP seven rep work is slower than my RP seven single. Potentially. I, I really think to know for sure, you'd have to just max out. Like, you'd have oh. to, like, do the reps to failure test. Um, so what's interesting about the um, this whole, like, uh, last repetition velocity model and how they build it is through three testing protocols. You have to do a 1RM, you have to do a 3RM, and you have to do a 75% reps to failure test. And basically, it, it, what when they actually studied this, they found that the last repetition velocity across the 1RM, the 3RM, and the 75% reps to failure test was the same. Okay. Right? I don't so, all, so the last repetition, and they took it to, to failure. So this was a... Uh, the, the example they used was a bench press that moved at 0.10 meters per second. So when mm-hmm. they did the 1RM, it was 0.10 meters per second. When they did the 3RM, the last rep was 0.10 meters per And when they did the reps to failure test, mm-hmm. the f- last rep that they got before they couldn't do another one was 1.0. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that there can't be a little bit of a range, but if, mm-hmm. until you actually do that, those testing protocols, you're never really going to know. No, I know, but I'm just like also wondering about the testing protocols and how, like, uh, how they work on an individual basis because, again... Well, they, it has to be done. That's mm-hmm. why it's, it has to be done mm-hmm. per the individual because they're going to see different velocity loss over the reps to failure test, mm-hmm. over the 3RM, um, and the 1RM could potentially move a little I'm a little slower. So I don't know if you remember the, the paper where they based the, the study where they uh, tested a, a whole bunch of people and looked to see what the one rep max was and how many reps they could ba- uh, bang out uh, at a certain, I guess, like a percentage of the one rep max. So I think it was like 90%. Mm-hmm. And everybody like doing like fives, sixes, and sevens, and twos, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And this one individual out there did 26 reps, you know, like uh, versus the other people. You know, so just, it has me wondering when I, when I hear things like that and whatnot as to whether something like that is also taking place, which maybe, you know, something perhaps could be lost in translation despite even oh, doing 100%. these one matches and that kind of stuff. 100%. Again, it's, 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 it's tough. I mean, nothing's going to be perfect. I understand. Oh, it's, so I'm, it's I'm, definitely I'm, not perfect. Know, I'm splitting hairs, but even bring it up to be honest, you know. But I, what, I, what I actually, what I tie things into oh. whatnot, more than anything else, looks at basically certain trends. So if the estimate one rep max, which is going to be incorrect, by the way, you know, like uh, because like first off, his things his things so totally out of whack. Just, He'll actually be lifting more than the estimate one rep max of the day. Yes. Did you, you know, not? Did you do that? I haven't done it yet. That's the thing. Like he's been like he's had meat after meat and so on okay, and so forth. Okay, fair enough. Like heavy blocks. We just haven't. Had I mean, you should, but when you have a single at you know what I should do? Like, I, should just, I should just ask him to put it on my meat. <laughs> All you have to do, you just have to do a single at ninety percent. Yeah, I, I, is that what I did? Yeah. Don't look it up. It's okay. We'll find no, it. No, I'll show you. Okay, okay, show me. But anyways, so... It just, it's such a pain to do. Yeah, but anyway, so... It, it is a pain. So, the thing is basically, even after, off that, we don't even need that. We're, we're basically working off essentially looking at the estimated water max and their fluctuation mm-hmm. as they grow. And you can see it. And it's not just like the number there. You see the speed velocity, you know, you see the velocity of that lift, that weight versus last week and whatnot. And it correlates. You're like, holy shit, this person mm-hmm. is making yeah. fucking progress yeah. over here. And you can see the things which are affecting, which are driving it forth. Mm-hmm. You just do four singles. Right. 
Yeah, it's the last one at 90%, yeah. and yeah. it gives you your own run or one RM. Anyways. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so like, yeah, I'm not doing it. Right. So we're going to give it a shot. Uh, we're going to make that happen. But we'll at the same time, you can still gauge off that. You can work off it. And you see the up and the down. Oh, 100%. And, and, and again, the, vel uh, the velocity does not lie to you. No. You can gauge something as RP7 and actually be like 9, whatever case you want, want yeah. to with that. But you see the velocity there, and you know exactly where you're actually at. Yeah. You know, so again, it doesn't lie to you. And it tells you basically, you know, just you have that much more of a confidence, I guess, like uh, when it comes down to the results, the results you see, the predictions that you can make. And I find myself, on occasion, being incorrect about some things. You know, so I'd say it's, uh, it's important, I guess, like, uh, I want to say a very objective way of measuring somebody's progress and RP and whatnot, and just like, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, um, I, I think, honestly, if you're like a very competitive lifter and you're like on a national scale, I don't see why a person wouldn't use it. I you think know, it's honestly, great. there's no argument against that. I, I think that holds any water. Yeah. You know, apart from the fact that I've never done it before, therefore it must be bad, which I used to also say. Legit, that was my oh, mindset. Really? That, was my, that was my whole argument, like, my, my point against it. Why I bought these, in fact, I bought one for, for Mateo and for Carmen, legitimately just to, just to, to experiment and to see what would take place. I was actually very very skeptic. I didn't think anything was going to happen. I was like, let's see what the fuck happens. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, I was like, holy shit. Being able to objectify the RP is yes. huge. Yeah. It is huge. Because there's, you know, I like I know that my, like, RP8 squats for a single, say, moves at, like, around 0.3 meet, three zero meters per second, right? There's days I go in, and I'm just warming up, and I'm the weights are just moving slow, and I know yeah. that, you know, what I want to be on the bar is probably not mm -hmm. going to end up on the bar yeah. at that 0.30 meters yep, per second. Go out the window. You know? Do you find that also no see you, though? Yes, sometimes. I'm, I can, like, you, in what way? Like, like I'll, do my warm -up, I'll do my warm-ups, right? And I'll see like I usually my on my squats, let's say, I'll go one, two, three, four plates. I usually put it on the fourth plate just because I don't want to like psych myself out. But by the time I I get on the four plate squat, like I do the four four reds, I like that's when I know if I should what I should take next. But before that I don't even put it on the bar. Because I know if I put it on three reds and I see it's slow, I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, I, I don't feel good today. You know, and I don't know what it may be. Like uh, two nights ago when I had my SPD session and I hit six four yeah, I hit my Plus triple there. When I hit four plates, mm -hmm. it moves slower than my first number six forty. Bro, yeah, you, so you always complain about it. Bro, I'm person though. So the, uh, my top six. So interestingly, um, mm -hmm. anything sub I think eighty percent is pretty much useless when it comes to predicting E one RMs. So like I put it on like when I'm squatting, I put it on at two reds. But That's I, not your eighty percent, bro. Unless you're squatting. Like, no, I put it on at two reds, um, and I. I pay attention because I, you know what I pay attention to the the wattage, the power output. Yeah. Because I know if my power output's mm -hmm. lower on we, average. We look at it for him too. Him, for for Mateo, we measure power outage and also peak velocity. No, yeah. the power, bench press. But the thing with power outage is like mm -hmm. it, it it correlates to the, the to the velocity. So like no matter what whatever velocity you have, that's the same. You're gonna have the same power outage, no matter what the weight is. What do you mean? I think it's, I think it's, it's, more, like, more it's a, no, no, actually it's the same number. Let's say you hit a single with like... With like what I'm saying is, right, there's some days when I'm warming up where I'll hit my warm-up sets and the power, like, velocity's low, power's low. Yeah, exactly. No, but, but what which, I'm saying, which indicates that I'm probably a little fatigued. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, I, what I'm trying to say is, like, you don't even have to look at the power average because it's literally the same. Like, it's really uh, directly correlated to the velocity. So what happens, like... If 0 0.20 meters per second, like 0 0.20 meters per second is basically like, let's say like 700 watts, right? No matter what kind it's of weight It's going to be different for everybody. No, it's not, I know, but I'm saying like no matter what weight you do, it's going to be like, no matter how many reps you do, like 0 0.20 is going to be the same. Um, 
watt uh, output, no matter how much weight is on the board. It's weird. Really? Yes. What do you mean? I'm not really following be... what you're saying. So, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> did you understand it better? Like, did you like? Okay, so anything that says 0.200 meters yes, per second, no matter what the weight is, no matter yeah. what the reps is, it gives a certain like, power. The same power average. Power average. It doesn't change. Well, so basically, power average is directly cor uh, correlated yes. to, uh, to the meters That's per second. I didn't catch that. I haven't yeah. seen that. Yeah, I've been seeing that. So like, basically, well, power is forced. It's the force times the velocity. Mm -hmm. That's literally what it is. That's how power is defined. Yeah, but... Force times velocity. The thing is that no matter how much weight there is on the bar, it still shows the same uh, power, the same amount of watt. Uh, but if, if you... If it's, so you're saying, if it's 700 pounds at 0.20 meters per second, it shows X power. Yeah. If it's 400 pounds at 0.20 meters per second, it shows X, the, uh, X power. It shows, the same, it shows the same power. Really? I think so. I think so. We'll take a look at it. Anyway, we'll look at it. Anyway, so let's not make this a uh, yeah. Let's not shit on Mitchum again. So my <laughs> my, my next question, but <laughs> the segue into basically is uh, we talk about like, peak strength. Why I call myself peak strength and that kind of stuff. Uh, why do you call uh, collaborative strength collaborative strength? It has nothing to do with peaking and tapering. Cut. No. Collaborative. Honestly, because Sophia and I collaborated together that was mm -hmm. part of it right to create the business and then the second part of it was like i think that the coach athlete relationship is a collaborative process one of the ideas i was thinking of uh, for naming peak was actually collaborative strength and i was like oh shit this motherfucker is called, i swear to god Fuck I'm in. I'm not kidding you. You didn't know each other back then, right? Yeah. No, he did. He hated me. He loved me and then he hated me. I loved him, <laughs> but he was so close to coming to the light. And ever so often, a certified personal truth of making these little memes, all of a sudden, resistance bands, you know, accommodated <laughs> resistance stuff, and I just go, oh. This fucking dude. <laughs> You're so close. <laughs> you know, little, little, Yuli actually unfollowed yeah, me at one point. He actually unfollowed me. I and like, I fucking, you know? and I DM'd him <laughs> and was like, bro, did you unfollow me? I said, yes. I, I, actually, I did I that lost. to Carlos Moran, said, yeah. too. I'm not kidding bro, you. You want to you you catch those hands, bro? <laughs> bro, I've caught plenty of hands by oh, guys his size. I don't give a fuck. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't yeah, bro, that was it. It was like one of those memes. You look like a story boy. I don't understand. I loved his account. And then he, like, and I love it. Current uh, present tense, but I love this account. And then all of a sudden, it'd be like, oh, I was, Lord, you know, why, I went bro. through this phase I know why, I know where why. I was really trying to justify <laughs> what I was doing. Yeah, I know. and I was, I was really trying to like keep hold my buy-in because like I was yeah. losing that shit, oh, I know. and I was I doubling down it just sucks. to justify what I was yep. doing. Because I was in the gym every day having conversations uh -huh. with um, people in the gym, and they were yeah. like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I was like, I don't even know anymore, man. I really don't know. I can't fucking do this shit. We're using the same principles to your, to the way you were coaching your clients. Kind of, but not really. Like I wasn't. I didn't go full out like mm -hmm. Westside. Westside conjugate. It was more so like, I used like I. I really liked. I tried to use like the Never three week full conjugate. <laughs> like they, so, like they they always like the big thing in conjugate is like this three week wave, right? Where you mm -hmm. do like your max effort, and then you have this like little down week, and then you do this other max effort. So I kept trying to use this like mm -hmm. perfect yeah. wave thing, and then there was like yeah, it match up sometimes, mm -hmm. and then other times it wouldn't. Yeah. And it just got to the point where I was like, this is fucking. I can't yeah. keep yeah. like assuming or, or that like I can make these perfect programs over the course of four weeks, and then it's mm -hmm. gonna 
you know, it's going to run out exactly how I want it to. Just well, never happened. When I, when I or really, rarely when, happened. When I really fell out of love with, I was going to talk about uh, conjugate strength because, I mean, that's his own issues. But with uh, actual competition resistance was what I actually saw it happening. So I used to coach it, uh, like at uh, this one gym, right? I'm not going to name, uh, name any names. Yeah. But I was coaching there, and then uh, there's one individual who's coaching his, uh, his lifters. Like We call them all the chain gang. <laughs> and so he'd all like have uh, like coach the same way. It'd be like res com comedy resistance. It'd be like the, like the, the bamboo bar with that, all, with all kinds of dumb shit, you know. So I'm like watching. I'm like oh, whatever. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt, and I see his lifters basically suffering over and over and over again. Like you know, they hit plateaus and walls, get injured. He'd fix them, whatever. So this kid shows up to meet, and I'm there at the meet. Like I'm competing myself, and I happen to see him compete. So when he benches, he gets right. Now it's raw. Now there's no more bands on which he's, no, none of that kind of stuff. And he lifts and then he comes into this little sticking point. I was like, what the hell just happened? And he does one of these as though there's uh, uh, bands on the bar. I, I shit you not. Bro, like it looked like he slapped into the, like, the resistance in the, in the bands and then went outwards. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck just happened? I watched his squat, fucking missed steps as well. There's similar reasons, all that kind of shit. You know, like like one of them actually like was one of the coaches out, one of the coaches of that band, you know, the posse of uh, you know, you know, like the, the chain gang, he was out there and proceeds to bomb out and only uh, mentions in his post his uh, bench press and his deadlifts. The and chain. I was like, oh my god, bro, you know what's funny? So well, that's also not the worst thing I've ever seen that them do by the way. He actually had a whole film crew come in, film uh, the head the head chain ganger, uh, had him uh, 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 had him film a four hundred five pound be uh, bench press attempt, like a raw attempt, like legit, like full down down up, oh, comes down. Story. And failed. Well, okay. I guess it's gonna be cut from the. From What's the, from, the from, from what the, happened to the, the bands, montage. man? You know. So he releases the montage to his channel. Come on. And it comes down. Fade to black. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Guess we'll never I know. Guess we'll never know. That's you hilarious. hilarious. You know. So that was that's pretty much it for me. And I saw it didn't work. I tried myself, like moving my deadlifts, my squats, and with my bench press. Yeah, I was wondering why it didn't I, progressed. I haven't used fucking bands and. I don't even remember the last Sister time. I, I, th the I think there may be. I think there may be a time and place for much. Still, I mean, no, I, I kept them in because I had that arm lag from the nerve injury. Yeah. That um, the meet I did it last January. I did a lot of like two board with like with chains and like because it would I would be good off the chest and then I would hit this mm. and my right arm would just go and my left would do mm. shit. So I was like. Well, how can I expose it to more of that like top end mm -hmm. at high intensities? And I tried a bunch of fucking chains and boards and all that stuff, and I ended up hitting a bench PR. Mm -hmm. Now, can I look back and be like, oh, it's because of the boards? And the mm -hmm. I don't really think that no. any yeah. of us have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, retrospectively, find a, um, no, you know stuff. one of the interventions that we Ooh, used over the course of fucking eight months, yeah. and be like, ah, it was definitely this one over the over the course of six weeks yep, yep. that we did. You know what I mean? Like I just I can't really, I don't have confidence attributing like the uh, one thing that caused this other thing, but yeah, um, but to I didn't do any of that stuff in my last me prep, mm -hmm. and I didn't even match my best PR mm -hmm. because I this lag just got worse. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, is it warranted? Is it sometimes? Maybe in very highly specific situations. I think for me, mm -hmm. because like my fucking arm lag. But um, I've been doing a lot more just high intensity like doubles and triples because mm -hmm. once I can hit, you know, I can expose my left arm to that those higher intensities and where it does like almost uh, challenge it with like some lag, it's been getting a lot better. Mm -hmm. So I think this year's the year of the bench press. I hope so. I fucking yeah. hope so too. Let's see. Finally. 
I want to see you hit three red, three also, red plates. Somebody three, three, three red plates. That would be. That'd be <laughs> fucking nice. I used to dance four or five in high school. And then my left shoulder like but stopped that, working. But my triceps stopped working. That's you, bro. That's me, bro. I know. When did you start lifting? Uh, like I didn't. Powerlifting. I didn't start powerlifting till twenty eighteen. That's why you don't bench your plates. That's why I don't. Yeah. <laughs> No, let's. I mean, I didn't start bench pressing until I was 30 years old. So oh, wow. Oh, that oh. probably didn't help you at got, all. You got the grandpa gains. And like, yeah. Like him. But you know what's fucking wild is like, well, I, I literally. I've, I've been benching since bro, I was 14 years old. Yeah, bro. Yeah. When I. Intermittently. So, in. What, mm-hmm. This is. This, but this is wild to me, right? So, I have metal rods in both my legs. I had, you know, two surgeries on this femur because I fucking shattered it. But, you know, I had a fucking rod hammered into my femur on this side. And I didn't start squatting. So, so in 2018, my day one with my coach, I got stapled. I literally missed two 145-pound squat. <laughs> and then, within a year, with my metal fucking legs, I somehow squatted 475. That's because you have metal legs. You have something to think about <laughs> yeah. that? Obviously. Wait, did the chiro fix you? I thought it was a chiro. Really. Was <laughs> yeah. That was not the chiro. Bro. God damn it, bro. You, you lied to me? No, but right, so like somehow I managed to squat 475 and pull like almost 600 pounds. But here I am, like I never had a surgery on my shoulders or anything, and I can't fucking bench 300 pounds. I don't know, I fucking understand why. That's how it is sometimes. I mean, I've torn my shoulders, I don't know how many occasions. You know, legit, like, you know, like I could barely raise my arm, you know, firefighting, football, all Fair. this kind of dumb stuff. You know, and here I am fucking approaching 500-pound bench press, you know, knock on wood, hopefully it happens. You know, and uh, I don't yeah, know. Jinx it, you know. I don't know. So don't jinx it. We're a lot more resilient than, than, than we believe. You know, just I think it comes down to basically just like finding what works for you most, more than anything yeah. else. It's not a comedy resistance. It's no. fucking, you know, like, uh, whatever, like, you know, conjugate. It's not, you know, like, you know, like... I want to see what one particular method or the other, just basically what works for you. you I know? think it's just finding the right dosage of the fucking the thing, the actual thing you want to improve yeah. upon, which what, is yeah. your comp lift. Yeah. Just do that with the right weight on the bar. Uh, that's what and, it comes and down and to. And for the, enough volume. Or, and maybe I want to say also to an extent for some people it could also be accessories. Like I've, I've oh felt, yeah, I, I per, personally like again it's an anecdote. You know, <laughs> I don't want like you know go on like you know uncharted like you know domains over here like you know like make statements blanket statements which really don't apply to everybody. <laughs> Yeah, but like what I've experienced myself and for some of my lifters who I've worked with, when I up the dosage of like some of the accessories that they do and start really pushing them and whatnot, mm-hmm. for example, like like the the seated chest press, bro, phenomenal. When I have good good days on that, when I'm at five plates there, mm-hmm. like on each side I'll like go full depth, I'll kind of yep. a good angle, all of a sudden I'll be hitting like four fifty two, four sixty two on bench press. You know, it's a good it's a good indication for me as to what well, to Mike expect. Mike T talks about that a lot, right? It's like finding some Effectors. sort of accessory exercise yeah. that when you run that same exercise within a block, mm-hmm. you end up seeing a better result on yep. the comp lift. Large suppressors is nothing for me, by the way. Yeah. But also you think like, I think like that the people like, <clears throat> who like benefit more like beginners, right? Like from accessories, like well, benefit more. So, well, the, so like, Jordan Feigenbaum, I really mm-hmm. liked what he said. Um, basically it's like, a, uh, what was it? Was it an hourglass? I forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But basically he was saying like, um, when you first start, you want to build a really wide base, and then you want to fucking narrow, narrow, narrow until like you get highly specific with your comp lifting. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, at some point, you're probably gonna need to branch out again and like expand upon that base. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like you're gonna need to build like this, you know, GPP work, all this other shit, mm-hmm. muscle mass, yada yada. And then you're gonna have to get highly specific with your training for a while to really get good at the squat bench deadlift. 
Um, and then so he's like, you're probably going to hit a wall at some point where you're going to have to probably branch out and start doing other shit again. I think so. I mean, that applies to many lifters. I wouldn't say it applies to all of them. This guy over here, for example, just been his growth has just been layered for the most part. Yeah. It just, just like, grows and grows and grows. I think he's talking like over the course like, of a career. Like he's talking Maybe. like 10 years. But those people have like issues like with pain and so on and so forth showing up. Like his back pain, also, hip pains, hamstring pains. Sucky. Which could also like, you know, like be, give credence, I guess, like to what you were talking about over here. There might be it manifesting itself in a different way. Mm -hmm. As opposed to a plateau, it's no, an injury. Also, I think it's like also the fact that I, I moved up like two weight classes. So like now my leverages are different, especially for true, sumo. True, but like really, yeah. True, it's been like 30 yeah. points in like a year and a half. Yeah. So that's not bad at all. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. So like, ah, should I talk about, should I ask you questions? Did you see that uh, guy, like he was saying that uh, it's a lot easier to train like elite, elite athletes. It was like on, um, should I say the names? No, it's not even okay, That's not even getting into it. It was like some one, one person's story, like he posted an anonymous story, and somebody commented, uh, oh, by the way, coaching like elite athletes is a lot easier than coaching like normal it's absolute, I think that's an irrelevant statement. Yeah. That claim is absolutely just, it's it's, it's just on the studies, but yeah. like, you know, I don't know, like, I guess, like, uh, like you know, like, analysis falls apart at the seams. Yeah. You know, how many lead lifters do you have out there who are, like, you know, who are divas? You know, like, you know, who, like, you know, like, give them drama and all that kind of stuff and want to do their own thing. You know? True, it's like really hard to and like, control. I don't want to say if anything, the bias leans in that direction to have people who get so really hard to, to coach. What I've experienced myself, I've seen that happen. Yeah. Literally, one of my best lifters, I'm not going to name names or whatnot, was the hardest person I guess to be a coach. Legit, I felt like, you know what I felt like? I felt like, you know, like, like Ash, Ash Ketchum, you know, in Pokemon, <laughs> with, his, with his Charizard, you know, rebelling. That's what it was like. You're like, I'm like, all right, so we're going to do this thing. <laughs> okay, I guess we're not. Uh, meet day is two day, two weeks out from now, and we just missed 16 oh. sessions. Awesome. Meet day is in two weeks, but you'll, you take a week out. We would take a week off before the meet. It would not. Yeah, no, it won't be. It won't, yeah. You know, just a bit of a taper, that's all it is, you know. <laughs> you know, so I've, 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 I've experienced that. I've seen it. So for somebody to say it's easier to train elite, elite athletes, oh my God, it's just absolutely boneheaded, really like just like I want to say em empty. I have no idea. I said by the way, honestly, I don't. No, no, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. But it's such a boneheaded statement. How do you make that statement? You know what that tells you? That, that that's basically I want to say like this person trying to like build up their own like you know like you know their, their own mystique. Yeah. Like, Look at who I am. I'm I'm the elite uh, athlete coach. No, no, no. You know they all gravitate around me. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't want to know. Coach, athlete, I don't want to know. But like any, anybody to make yeah. that statement, though, I don't know. I think it's both. It's kind of fucking douchey. It's douchey. It's like, there, there's no truth to it whatsoever, man. I mean, like because a person's a leader also, they can be easier to work with. It Honestly, I would kind of almost think the opposite. Yeah, that's your not like case. not harder as a person, <laughs> but like the more trained you are, the harder it is to fucking hit PRs anyway. Yeah. So like. I know. I think about like the discontent. Little more difficult, yeah. like you're gonna have to like I don't know, yeah. analyze things a little more, yeah. uh, you know, pay more attention. How do you work shit? past those plateaus? Now the onus is on you as a coach. Yeah. Now also, yeah. why why is this person getting stronger? Because guess what? They've reached, you know, like how we get one percent stronger. What's that? They're way closer to their, their quote unquote genetic, genetic potential, yeah, whatever unquote, whatever that is, you know. Yeah, whatever that means. Um, but you know, so that happens. But like just that ceiling, yeah. right? Like yeah. you're gonna hit a ceiling at some yes. point. So progress stops being as linear, starts becoming a lot more exponential. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like what is that uh, the parable? Like you know, the the hordes and the tear, whatever. Like uh, the hordes and the tear. The hordes and the tear. Like you know, like where you have to distance and yep. so on and so forth. You know, that kind of thing. That starts takes place. Take Long and slow and steady wins the race, baby. Yeah. So uh, which we call it uh, that also applies to powerlifting and being a coach who works with somebody of that capacity. 
what's taking place there. There's not basically, it's a given that the, the gains are going to slow down. So why are these coach-athlete relationships existed? Because at that point in time, they become, more, become mutualistic in a different aspect from what I've seen. And which aspect is that? Is actually that the, 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 they're getting that much stronger while working with that coach? No. And which, which aspect is it beneficial to them? Clout. Clout. That's what it comes down to. So now you're fixed a certain brand. You know, you grow your, your brand, their brand, and they grow yours. That's, that's, that's a give and take there. That's what takes place there. It's not because that coach is making them that much stronger. Now, at that point in time, I think, frankly, you could respond to any programs. Be perfectly honest. Not, I mean, I already know who you're thinking of. No, I'm not thinking. I'm, not I'm thinking, thinking of some, well, I'm thinking of some oh, motherfuckers. That's why. And I know, and and <laughs> I think it's these. Ugh. That's exactly So I'll be thinking like right now, like to be frank, I'm thinking about maybe I want to say virtually every cloud coach that's out there. It's one of the top cloud, cloud yeah. coaches. Well, is that, is that, a, is that a term? Is that a, is it that is a, now a cloud coaches no, that have these good lifters that yeah. were already strong uh, when yes. they came to them. Yes. They didn't develop these lifters. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, let's not let's not talk about them. Let's talk we about yeah. You know, we let's talk about the royal them. Yeah, the collective them. We have. Even talked about fucking tapering and peaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, okay. uh, so so tapering and peaking. Anyways, anyway, let's go back to the topic itself. So there are different ways to do it for people. And I think other things also do with I guess their histories. If somebody basically when exposed to high intensity RPEs and certain lifts, particularly for deadlifts, I've noticed if you haven't trained it with a higher RPE closer to meet day, it comes to bite you in the ass. Versus deloading with that, a little bit more intense, so the percentage uh, percent, uh, percentage reduced in overall volume and per, uh, percent reduced in overall intensity, mm -hmm. they respond well to Amite because now they can actually do something and the chance for them to get injured still exists. You know, I'm not going to say you know it's like 100 percent or whatnot, but you know, for whatever an injury itself is very, it's a very I mean, the higher you, the, the, thing. the high intensity is. I more correlated with yeah, injury than is. lower intensity. Yeah, no, of course. So. Thing, but repeated dosages of that would be something which would more likely instigate something like that from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. If somebody has that history. Oh, for sure. So you keep that person away from there, have the one bout, and then like... Well, it's like, uh, are you familiar face. with the time to, uh, emerging strategies, the time to peak? I remember reading it, I want to say like maybe two years ago. It's been a good long while. So, I mean, it's a pretty mm -hmm. simple concept. It's just you monitor how many exposures to like a heavy single mm -hmm. an athlete can do over the course of a block before mm -hmm. they start to see a performance decrement. So like yeah. if you can do, and it, it and it's what's really interesting is you could see like a drop for one week, but mm -hmm. if it still increases more than the previous mm -hmm. week, then that still encompasses the, the time to peak. Zillions, yeah. Well, yeah, but it's like, some people look at it like, okay, if you do boom, Right, if you were like looking at a graph and it was like it goes up one week, mm -hmm. goes up one week, drops a little bit one week, mm -hmm. but then it goes up again more so than mm -hmm. like the That's, previous weeks, yeah. you're still within. So let's say. Let's face the model that you So, yeah, yeah so it's like, all right, so let's say you could take like six exposures before you see a huge drop. Mm -hmm. That's so then that's. So then, you're, so then your time to peak is to, yeah. So then your time to peak is technically six exposures. Mm -hmm. So what you would want, you would want to set up the. So six You'd want to set up the peaking yeah. block so that the six exposure would be on me day. Yeah, it makes it, that's pretty much what In fact, I'll have like build up a, a triple. I want to say his his, his 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 programming is more or less like I want to say a block periodization kind of thing. You know, do triples, doubles, singles, that kind of stuff. But I'll terminate it like I'll prematurely instead of reaching like RP nine, RP ten. On occasion, I'll reach like RP seven, RP eight, mm -hmm. and then we we'll go to doubles. Mm -hmm. You know, and the, and the singles one because I'll see the whole. I'll see the whole. I mean, that's pretty much what you I know? do. Yeah. I don't usually hit the nine, ten territory. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
For some people, they do respond well to it. He respond on, on I can do it with bench a little more. I really mm. can't handle it with squat because I always feel like the squat and deadlift. The squats, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, put, put a shit in, uh, in, uh, oh in the trash right now. Remember when I squatted the 600? Yes. Uh, right afterwards. Shut him down. I couldn't squat nothing. Yep. Bro. Shut, well, yeah. Shut him down. That one exposure to RP10. Yeah. And, and, that's all it took. It's wild. And yeah. deadlifts too. Remember when I pulled that yeah, 650? That one time. Not anymore. Yeah. Your, your, your deadlift resilience, I want to say, is actually like, you know, significantly so. increased. As weird as that was one of my biggest. That was one of my biggest gripes with doing fucking conjugate, right? Because when I would do the max effort, it was like, yeah, because like it was like you couldn't just do an eight, a single, a single at eight. The single like had to be a fucking nine point five, you know. And it was like, so I was maxing out every other week, and it was on these weird variations. And then like so, and it was always a Monday max out for squat, and then my training would just tank for the week, and then I would get like a low week, so it would be like a deload, and then it was just interesting. Imagine how much like. How many deloads I did over the course? Over and over. Half and over the and year over. I did it almost. Yeah, no, uh, basically did a deload it. for half the fucking how, year. How do you make games? <laughs> Once a, no, so it would be like you do the max effort one week. The second week would be like a lull week. The third week you're supposed to beat the week one max effort, and then it would yeah. be a deload. And then you just repeat that fucking four week cycle. So two out of four weeks forever. Of so even yeah. the second week. Yeah. So so yeah. so two of the four weeks were basically deloads. The fourth week was the main deload. Yeah. It would be we like a joke. Still yeah. Taper. Uh, pa- yeah. Taper, it was, taper, so it was just this piece. constant. Yeah. yeah. And then it would. Be, huh. One thirty five bench. My one thirty five bench. Yeah. The whole name progressive. The whole the whole game of progressive overload is legitimately progressively overloading. You could use certain things, and all of a sudden you see those, those tells telling you. And then you adapt, and then you're like, oh, I could do more. Or perhaps you can't do more. Or perhaps you can't do more. And you just keep doing yeah. the same fucking one. Yeah. I mean, like one of the one of the strategies from the course was uh, what I really like about the application part of the course is it's just like he gives you like fucking a million strategies for mm-hmm. different for like volume for singles. And one of them I is take this course. so one of them is um, it's just you do a single at the same weight every week and you don't fucking stop and you don't you can't increase until it drops. So you do a single at eight and you can't increase the weight until it drops to a six, mm-hmm. not to a seven. Mm-hmm but to a six. Mm-hmm. And it may fluctuate up and down a little bit each week, but the idea is like, it's not gonna, it doesn't, it's not gonna lie to you, right? Out of it, whether you're adapting or mm-hmm. not. Like it, you go in every week, you do the same weight, and it's like you either, it either stops working or it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know? Something I, that's something I do is I'll actually lock RP for people and I wanna see basically if with the locked RP, it doesn't work for everyone, increase. but you know, there's different strategies. I, I like it for people, like for people who can, who, for people who can handle the monotony and mm-hmm. just go in, it's like, okay, you're gonna squat a single at fucking 450 pounds for the next six weeks. I would quit mm-hmm. and <laughs> so, so But some it. people are cool with doing that. That, that would crush me. Honestly, <laughs> the same thing. Oh, it's so annoying. Like, you know, James on occasion, well, for one of these in my, the my week, But I, like, I you know, the problems. idea is that like, at I, some I point, the 450 single at eight turns mm-hmm. into a single at six and then you can add 10 kilos and then you kind of repeat the process. Yeah, no, no, yeah. And, I, and I get it. And I like it because it's so simplistic and it, it, it depends it on the person. Like months, bro. It might. And I'm not gonna. But that doesn't work. Same way for months. I would. I would. Honestly, though, if it takes months, it's a failure of the program. It shows the program hasn't worked. Mm. You know, if you're you're not adding, I want to say five kilos. If you're not making progress, you haven't made progress. That's fair. You know, so if anything, it's litmus test to tell you things aren't working out. Perhaps you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. You know, maybe people don't respond to it. Some people like also the powerlifting isn't just like a muscle based thing. No. It's also very psychological. So if you like in front of that same lift, mm-hmm. all of a sudden like it becomes special oh to you. God. And next time you see it on the other day, you go, Oh man, this is that no. weight again. This is no. my RP seven. I mean, and I've been doing I've been doing that. a squat single for like the last nine weeks. And mm-hmm. I've been lifting their itch the low changes every week. Yeah. Um I just don't really give a shit. I got robbed no, of my think, fucking PR. No, but yeah. but like yeah. but like I'm getting up to like where I'm getting, you know, 
225 for like a single at eight, which is, mm-hmm. I've, ne- that's, I've never done that right. for a single at eight. Yeah. <laughs> 496 pounds. But like I had never got, like I, would, I hit 220, 496 pounds at 0.27 meters per second. Um, and you know, like I, 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 while I'm not necessarily going for new one rep maxes, mm-hmm. like I'm hitting all time, like, PR technically for yeah. an RP8, you know, it's like mm-hmm. maybe old, six old, months old, ago, old, my old, average old RP8 was like 444.50. We'll be fucking laughing at you right now. I know. <laughs> you call that a PR? You if call it's not that a actual single PR on the no, platform no, on a rainy day, it doesn't count. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I know, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, it was such a yeah. fucking hard yeah. out. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, I don't I know. I've just, softened, I've just softened Excellent. my stance on a lot of stuff. Like, because I just. The more you know, the more you realize, the less you know. Yeah, really. So, like, yeah, I get to the point where, like, I'm all. Yeah, I feel almost clueless sometimes, and I feel like I have to do things so simplistically so that I'm not like fooling myself into thinking like all these all these things that I'm doing is leading to the the progress that I want. It's like my my program's so fucking bare bones right now because I'm like, what what even works? Mm -hmm. Like, what is actually going to drive the result that I want? Mm -hmm. And I want to figure that out. Like so badly, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have moments like that myself. I, I find I, I find that the more time I spend ruminating about like what's driving success, the less successful I am. My whole thing basically is, and I, I respond well to any program. To be honest, Shake well, I made shit, shit ton of progress. Fucking five by five, shit ton of progress. You know, James programming with not making shit ton of progress. My coach Fair. practice was making shit ton of progress as well. But I think the most important, my think again, this is my, my anecdotal belief. Of course, you know, is that when a person is driven and they're driven, it doesn't matter what you're given, you're gonna fucking succeed, yeah. bro. You no, know? I, I, Legit, I you hear have to you. Be like, be like, oh, I gotta make this shit happen. You know, <laughs> God damn. Like, um, well, why is you so angry? Like I'm just driven. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so angry. driven. Yeah. Yeah. It's still not a six. I have a question about that, right? So like you said like psychological too. Like don't you think that if somebody like does this way for like weeks and weeks and weeks, once he goes up to like the temp ten kilo increase, I mean I'll technically I'll be, I'll be I'm not gonna to hit it. I, technically I'll be so scared to hit it. Imagine really? Like, yeah, because you made it special, now you made a winner. Yeah, oh wait, like oh like my god, thank you, G. Your setup changes, you get in there, instead of you taking three breaths and whatnot, it's one and a half breaths or maybe five breaths. <laughs> I feel so heavy. I haven't touched this way before. Is oh, this no, how you guys think when you lift? No, uh, no, but if you, if you <laughs> no, definitely not. But I've seen it. No, I've seen this. I'm, I mean, anybody I, hit the same weight for months, right? The same yeah. weight. Not of nowhere, just going to the gym months. one day and you just like load up ten kilos more, and you're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be the same. No, it's not gonna be the same because I'm not used to this. To like changing my weight, I'm used to like using the same weight every single week. Ba- basically, mm. PAP. Basically, PAP. Yeah, Basically, I, I mean, really, for, like, you know, like for a, me, like a so like PFP. the last, so two weeks ago before I got sick was mm-hmm. the last time I squatted 496 pounds, huh? <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> 225 kilos. <laughs> Kilograms. Kilograms. Sorry, I got him um, sick. He, he caught my son sick. So I, so I, squat, like so I squatted yeah, that, like so I squatted <laughs> that two weeks in a row, right? And the week prior to me squatting 496 for the first one was like, I think I maybe four... 63 like 210 or something um so like i just happened to see an increase that one week and i put 225 on the bar i didn't have any side spots i didn't ask nobody for shit i just fucking put the weight on the bar and i squatted it with listening to 80s pop music in the fucking gym your your gym your music over there it's like interesting bro like i love it we do dude i love 80s friday bro i that shit is a fucking vibe I don't know. Well, I feel like if you need if you need your <laughs> fucking headphones and fucking side spotters and to do a single at eight, like 
You I don't know. You're a fucking pussy, yeah. if I'm being perfectly honest. Okay, bro. <laughs> yeah, so sure. we got canceled the second time of this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, if you can't, like, just get into the bar and squat a fucking single lady. Uh, I, I don't think, care I, if it's I, 10 I, more kilos than last lady, week. I, I think a single lady, anything squat bitch is up. If yeah. you need a single lady and you're not injured, you don't have anything like that happening, whatnot, and you need a spot. You probably need to reassess your power. Maybe for squats, you might be... Uh, for eight? You, might, you never know what might happen. Maybe, like, calm Ooh, down. wow. You feel a single eight? No, you might, you might get in the hole. Like, you might lose mm-hmm. balance. Might With like, my numbers, single eight, I'd probably get a bitch to get off my, my chest, dude, if I fell down. I guess, <laughs> I guess. Like, okay, bro. Okay, chill. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not me saying I'm a, that's not me saying I'm strong. It just says that, like, I'm, I'm a bed specialist. That's all it okay, says. Bro. Right? <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, 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 <sighs> Honestly, for me, like, I think doing the conjugate, like, fucking having to max out all the time, mm-hmm. like, a single at eight is, is I'm not kind, I'll take single kind of a joke. It's in like, the ba- in the firehouse yeah. basement, there'll be nobody there to spot me. On I don't even press. have, like, I'm doing With it. With suicide a, grip. Like, I'm doing, it in a co- <laughs> I'm doing it in a combo rack. I don't even have the safeties up. I have full wow. confidence that I'm completing yeah, this rep. It's not do. that I don't have a yeah. doubt in my mind that this is not going to come up. Do it in your basement. Tell me, tell me. I have taken. Even have hit a heavy single in your basement. I have. With no with no safeties. I have. I my first. Let me see. Where's the, where's the video? We get deleted? <laughs> no. How convenient. <laughs> where's my tinfoil hat at? <laughs> no, I think it. Honestly, though, it, did you get the vaccine? No, there's a hundred percent a psycho. There's psychological factors that play a role into your performance, though, right? Yeah. So, I have squatted heavy singles down there by myself, and it's more nerve wracking than when I'm in the gym. You did, but that doesn't stop me from doing it. Yeah. You know what bothers me? When people are staring at me. That's the fuck bothers oh. me. I'm making hey. attempts. You know those moments in, you know, you know, you know, you know those moments in the gym? You're like getting ready to lift and all of a sudden like, it's, like, you know, you know, it's not people watching, it's like the people who you know hate you. They turn around. Watch you, it's just like oh, that, that. you know what it is though? If somebody does it to me, I don't know why, but it gives me like at least 10 pounds more in my leg. <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's I'm like, like nervous about it. Like it, just, it, it just distracts me. I'm like, I'm like oh, look. Nah. And you feel the petty energy. Nah. You feel the petty eyes looking in your direction. Oh, like, what is going hater. on right now? Hater. No, bro. I want the pettiness, bro. I, I, I feed off of it, bro. I'm we can tell. Kid. He's like, when motherfuckers are staring at me, I can put 10 kilos no, on. You know, what, you know how it feels like? Yuli's like, bro, what the fuck? Who's on P6? <laughs> you know what it, feels, it almost feels like you're on a meet day and you have the people watching you. You need haters? I win. <laughs> I need that. I beg Honestly, I thrive off the hate as well, me. just in certain contexts. If it's like, you know, if it's like legit somebody who I, really, who I don't like, you know, like I'll do better because of it. But if it's somebody who I like, I have like, you know, who I like, but I, I know they have, they have those petty feelings, that just, just distracts me. Like, like really, bro? No, like, no, it's weird. I'm like, fuck you too, bro. Fuck you and fuck you too. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm going to lift that weight. <laughs> yeah, no, but anyway, the weight itself has never scared me. I'm like, I'll fucking fail, whatever. I don't give two shits. So I'll rebound for it. But speaking of things, I guess, like exposures, I found if I, if I have a bench press uh, a single or like an attempt where I end up failing it, that shit holds me back. You know, and I can go for like RP10s. I literally 10s. saw the cat drop it. I literally <laughs> saw the cat drop it. And I can go for RP10s till the cows come home, but once I fail a single bench attempt or whatnot, it'll, it'll shut my shit down. Yeah. For like weeks, it's weeks. You know? Do you think that's like more so to like the I don't know demoralizing fucking I don't know situation or, or is it you think it's like fatigue? I think it's burnout. Do you think be, I mean if you're in a situation shoulders. where you fail a bench rep, you're probably fucking fatigued anyways. Well, I, I guess so, but also it's because it will have as you fail it. So as you fail it, where are you putting the emphasis? It's all of your in your shoulders, correct? Well, and also you're grinding and you won't side to well, side. Also eccentric. The I mean you're. Technically doing a super maximal eccentric, yes, yes. which is going to put yeah. a ton of fucking peripheral fatigue. Yeah. It's going to result in a ton of peripheral fatigue. So, so many different things. 
Um, but I guess that could But that's it. Episode. Ben Starr wants to go home now. Yeah. <laughs> Just tell <laughs> us to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We're just you know? getting mad behind the scenes. We've barely mentioned speaking or tapering. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. A little bit. We'll talk about it. Oh, we actually did. Well, I thought we were going to like, I, mean, I thought we were going to like, like, uh, about like, 